I know you don't take on 12-year-olds, but Chaim is falling more and more into anger, opposition, becoming verbally aggressive. He's suspended from school for behavior, bad behavior, and they're threatening to expel him if we can't get him help. He refuses to go to therapy. He will not go for psych testing. He won't speak to a psychiatrist. He wish, he's wishing everyone dead, and he says, I want to break their limbs and tear their eyes out. This boy just a few years ago was so sweet and yummy and delicious, we never saw this coming. He doesn't want to give in to the teachers and give them satisfaction of listening to them. He wishes he was never born. He doesn't want to live in this house, but he actually doesn't want to live at all. He keeps saying, I wish I was dead. I don't want to make the same mistakes I made with my older daughter. We desperately need help. Let's think about how this started 30 years ago. Kids off the derech were 18, 19, 20, smoking on Shabbos, shooting pool, drinking beer, smoking a little weed, and it got worse and worse and worse, and it spiraled into terrible drugs, into so many overdoses, into so many suicides, Rahman al-Litzlan, more and more every month as this dark gullus gets darker and darker and then the age dropped to 16, then the age dropped to 15, and the age dropped to 14, 13. We saw a kid smoking on Shabbos two weeks before was his bar mitzvah and he was there with his white shirt and his tzitzis out and his hat and he doesn't even have a, a hair thinking about growing on his on his uh, mustache area, on his upper lip, and he's smoking, it's not even enjoyable. Drinking is not enjoyable at that age. Breaking Shabbos, watching movies, staying, locking themselves in the bathroom for hours, wanting to die, wanting to kill. I mean, Rabbi Shalom, it went down to 13, went down to 12, I got a call of a 10-year-old. They're acting like teenagers and how could you help someone like this so what did we do when you look back at 30 years we lost I don't know thousands and thousands of kids by listening to the advice that you have to force them and if they won't go ahead then you gotta rules and consequences and boundaries because you're gonna spoil them otherwise and we lost what maybe 10,000 15,000 kids either to death, to overdose, or just lost them, and they're out there, and they felt abandoned, and they didn't get better from this. No, they're going to hit rock bottom. We're going to use we're going to use the same failed method on the next thing, on the next kids, 12, 11, 10, 9. Someone who says, I want to die, stop, stop, just freeze. Yeah, go to Disney World. People don't want to kill themselves in Disney World. He's not going to, he'll be able to make up, she'll be able to make up the schoolwork that they missed this year. If they had cancer, God forbid, they might be better off. Everybody would say, don't go, it's fine. Uncle Maishi will come and everybody will come and sing for them and for the parents and bake food for them. And what about the year or two? Okay, when they're healthy, we'll deal with it. And over here, the advice again, the same advice that they got from therapists again and again, well, they have to have boundaries, otherwise they're going to fall apart. They're sick. They have an emotional fever of 107. Once someone says, I want to die, no, they're just manipulating you. Really? A kid who says, I want to die in order to manipulate you is either a really sick puppy or in a lot of pain. 
A normal happy kid, a normal kid doesn't know to say those words, cannot say those words. I want to break everyone's limbs and tear their eyes. Something is very wrong with this kid. And you will never find out what that is if he doesn't trust you, parents, more than anyone else in the world. And if you keep on dragging him against his will and he sits there, what do you want from the psychiatrist? What do you want from the therapist? What are they going to evaluate him? ODD, oppositional defiant disorder. And they'll start giving him medication. And he'll either take it or he won't take it or he'll fake it. And halavai. If you can figure out a way to fix this, do it. But never turn the parents against the kid. Never. A professional that says, I can't handle this, so I'm going to empower you parents to break the kid. Don't let him, and don't, and lock him, and wake him up in the morning, and fight. And all of a sudden, you have to become combat soldiers? Because that, that, that's the, the advice of the professionals? If you can't help my kid, okay. First of all, really good professionals that are not doing it just with their training, but they have the heart, they can win over a kid. They can win over a kid. They could say, you know, I know that you don't want to be here. Uh, we're not doing therapy. We're nothing. I, I, I don't want to be here either. But, you know, this is the story, and let's just play a game. And you can buy a, a young kid a gift. The easier to win over. You know, and let's just chill. And because and you're not going to get a proper evaluation, you're not going to do therapy. You're not going to know what you're dealing with. So just to take out that stamp and start stamping, stamping, stamping. Medication, medication, medication. Medication doesn't heal trauma, and it's almost always trauma. Or let's say it's less than almost always, which I can't understand because it's almost always trauma. But let's say it's fifty-fifty. So how do you give medication when it could be that? Or let's say it's eighty-twenty. It's usually trauma. So. These kids are not falling apart because sudden mental illness syndrome that makes them animals, and you have to, and then you have to give them medicine to numb their brain. So, okay, you could try it, and if they're willing to, great. But let, let's not make the same mistakes that we made on 16, 15, 14 with the next generation of kids that are too young to even have tivus, and you can't even call them about taiva. Like, it's such a stupid mistake that people who don't understand and never saved anybody, the Rishoyim, the Bali Taiva. Okay, so when they were 18 and 17 and 16, the people living with them saw it's not true. But you're going to call a 10-year-old a Baltaiva? You're going to call a 12-year-old a Baltaiva? They're Baltaiva? They're Russia? You kidding me? It's our fault because we didn't bring Mashiach. If we brought Mashiach, every dar that it wasn't built, basically it's not built, it's Ke'ilu Nechrav, the Golas is getting worse and worse and worse. What do you want on this kid? So we should do nothing? I think that is the number one response. And after 30 seconds, you realize it's the absolute dumbest possible thing you could say. If you're not going to do something that you know will help your child, do nothing. Of course. You see a guy gets hit by a car and he's lying out in the street in a pool of blood, sewage, dirt. And you say, oh, let me go, let me go pick him up. Natural instinct. Natural, natural instinct to do that, right? And what does everybody say? No. You could paralyze him forever. Don't touch him. So you do nothing? Um, the other choice was paralyzing him forever. Yes, you should do nothing. You can do a lot of things while doing nothing. You parents who are doing nothing are busy day and night doing nothing. You can go over to him and say, and hold his hand and say, I'm with you. And you can, you can, you can, show, you know, stay with me and you can get hot salad there. You can get him a drink. There, there are things you can do without risking paralysis. So yeah, if you don't know how to make your kid better, if you do the wrong thing, you will pay a heavy price. And this parent says, I don't want to make the same mistakes I made with my older daughter. Because we listen to that. 
And then not only this kid was so stabbed by an invisible knife that they became this, the advice of the professional world caused their older sister to also feel that my parents don't like me. An additional trauma, probably bigger than anything else, ripping them apart. So she became a drug addict. So she went to the streets. So she lost years of her life. Why? Why does parenting a a child who is suffering clearly include causing more pain to the child? Why? Do nothing. But there's so much you can do when you do nothing because then you can be their friend and you could stay home with them. We do it naturally when they have 104 fever. You get them ice cream and you sit and you take them out and you watch things with them and you have fun and you lift their spirits and you, you, you get them, first of all, a bigger chance that maybe they'll decide to speak to someone or a bigger chance that they'll open up to you and tell you what happened to them. So many people told me that they were molested as children, but they don't tell their parents because they feel their parents aren't going to believe them or the parents are my enemy. While you're against them, they can't share with you and they don't share with you after being nice to them for a day or a week or a month or a year. It's a long time. But if you see symptoms of insanity and crazy pain, stop. And don't do anything to hurt my child. It's my child. I'm not going to hurt them. No. Unless Moshe Rabbeinu and a team of top people say that they have a high success rate, right? Okay. But I've seen the destruction. I'm on the other side. We had a family that was here. They had three kids that went through the spiral. Unfortunately, as it almost always is, it was a relative in the family that molested all three of them years before. And one of them was on drugs, and one of them was acting out, and they all dropped out of school, and they were all not from, and one of them was cutting themselves. They each reacted in a different way, different ages, stages. And then, kid number four started. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to, you know, with all this stuff. And they said, we did the mainstream way, and we shechted basically through the mainstream. We made things worse, clearly, with one, two, and three. We're not doing it on four. So what did they do? So they were doing TP for two years to undo the damage, and they have an amazing relationship, and they're seeing healing, light in the eyes of their children who they saw darkness and death. The one who was doing drugs is clean. The one who was cutting is clean from cutting. And the one who was... Um, that eating disorder also. They're doing great. They're doing great. And they said, we're not going back to the beginning, to schlepping the kid in for help. Let's just do this. I said, I'm not guiding you. Because I don't have experience. And honestly, if anybody says they do have experience with this, they're lying because this didn't exist. I said, but you have experience as parents. So it's your, your choice. You are TP experts. These are top black belt TP people, not... Not just we come and we don't, we forget about doing stuff and we never read the manual and we don't know what we're doing and they are doing it full because they had to because so much of their family was at risk and they're so successful and they're so great. And they're doing it. And they said, we're making this decision. Why would we do this T-pull, this treatment method again on kid number four, which we saw it didn't help and it made things worse and we almost lost our kids. And this kid will never be a rebel. Because his parents, from the first minute, are not, are not causing him any pain. So he may not go to school, just like the other ones, but he's not a rebel. Because mom and dad said, if you don't want to go to school. See, they know he's in pain, right? If you don't want to go to school, I trust you. Oh, but he's going to take advantage of you. 
So yeah, he might take advantage. First of all, I don't, I'm a big believer that that's not true. When they're healthy, they'll be they'll be fine. But on that thing, so therefore, you should push him to go to school. But then look what happens. He has no nobody that trusts me, nobody that understands me. And if you push him on a day where he wasn't taking advantage of you, you're hurting him. You're murdering him. You're ripping out his support system. I'd much rather wait a few years that he that he manipulates you, so to speak, and takes advantage because you give him ice cream when he doesn't go to go to school and deal with the consequences of that when he gets out of this I want to die thing. And when he gets out of this I hate the world thing. And when he gets out of this whole negativity that you can't do anything in school anyway. There's absolutely nothing you can learn in school in this in this situation and they're throwing him out anyway. So their choice is schlep him into a psychiatrist, get the wrong diagnosis, not the psychiatrist's fault. They're not a navi. They just tell you what they see. Defiant, broken, um, into depression, anxiety, OCD, ODD. Uh, and what do you want from the guy? He's telling you what it looks like. I agree, that's what it looks like. It's also what childhood abuse and trauma looks like. And they should know that. And they should be able to say, I don't really know. But again... If they, I'm not against them. I send more people to therapy at the appropriate times than any regular person. I'm not a company. I'm not an organization. Send people to therapy all the time when it's the right time. But what do we want from these therapists? But the therapist should just say, I don't know. I really don't know. There's no x-ray I can take. I see what you see. I don't know. If he'll take this medicine, maybe we should try. Sometimes the kids take medicine and they get much worse because one of the side effects of some of these medicines is... Depression. What else? Suicidal. suicidal thoughts. So you take medicine for being depressed and suicidal, and one of the side effects is depression and suicidal thoughts. And I don't blame them. They have no choice. You got you to try to help the kid. But how many times does a kid not even need that, and then it makes them worse, and then they say, I can't take this. And So what would happen if... If we didn't make the same mistakes and have to lose 10,000, 10, 11, 12 year olds to this fake thing that if you're going to take advantage, they're going to take advantage of you and they're always never going to do it, never going to be anything. And we just didn't hurt them until they're able to be happy and we're able to plug them with the love of mom and dad because they're clearly sick like we would for any physical illness that had no cure. We wouldn't turn on them for a second. Physical illness, Dr. Cesare, no cure. We don't know life expectancy, three, four, five years, maybe more. We don't know. And the kid says, I'm not going to school. Oh, maybe he's taking advantage of you. Maybe he's, don't let him. Make a deal with him. Make a check. I don't mind doing all that stuff, but know what you're dealing with. And don't hurt your child. And these symptoms is not normal. I don't want to go to school because I'm tired. I'm having trouble falling asleep. I don't go to sleep on time because I'm lazy. Yeah, on a young kid, you make boxes and you give ice cream and you make charts and you do every trick in the book. But I want to break people's limbs and tear their eyes out? Stop. I want to die? Stop. You go see a professional who should be able to tell you the difference if this is normal um, kids' stuff, which I don't think it is, or it's out of the realm of normal. And don't be a part of their pain. It's so much easier to, to make um, a little kid happy. There's no downside to it. But time will tell. And I'm saying I don't know. And that's why I won't take on the cases. But I, they don't know either. So I think that if you're not sure what to do, look at look at all the stories of people who made mistakes this way and made mistakes this way. Oh, they'll be spoiled. 
Okay, but if they're alive and they're not a drug addict and they're not um, you know, hurting people on the streets and they, they have love of mom and dad and they become better and they're spoiled, I think one more spoiled Jew in the world is something I can live with as opposed to what if we're wrong the other way and we have one more drug addict in the world, one more suicidal kid in the world, one more street kid in the world who feels that while I was going through this like migraines, call it that, everybody turned on me and thought I'm, I'm, I'm manipulating them. We don't know. Do it. Find someone to guide you. Find someone else to describe things like this. And this family is going to say, "Bez is Hashem, their kid," because they're already TP trained and and they already know what works and they already have good news on this kid. Is he in school? No. He doesn't say, "I want to die." He doesn't hate. The hate. The language is going down. What'd you do? Well, you know what we did. We went to um, Disney World. And then a couple, like we, two weeks later, we said we're going on another trip. And they went on a bunch of trips and made life absolutely wonderful and didn't make him go to sleep or get up or do anything. And what did we accomplish? Well, he's probably not going to end up in the psych ward and he's probably not going to end up in juvie for steering stuff, for stealing stuff and doing whatever. And for me, for right now, until someone has a better solution, I'm okay with that. That other family with the three kids, their kid is doing great. It's doing great.